Welcome, thanks for joining us. You're about to hear a message from our Wednesday night Solid Rock Youth Group service. Solid Rock is a ministry of Living Word Family Church, and if you'd like to know more, check us out on our website at www.livingwordfamily.org. For those of you that were here last week, what did we talk about? Zoe. Bad-mouthing? Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking dirty. That's what we talked about last week. We talked about talking dirty. Now, who remembers a point from last week? What was one of our points from last week? Johnny. Don't do that. Why? Because it's bad. Why else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, be different. But what, okay, what are we? What's one of the words I'm looking for? What are we? Christians. And as Christians, we are what to the world? The light of God. We use the word. Yes, representatives. Oh, was that what you're gonna say? I'll give you. I'll give you credit for that. Uh, we are representatives of the kingdom of God. That's one of the things we talked about last week. So, as believers, as Christians, and I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands, but I believe just about everybody in this room has prayed that prayer of salvation, received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you make Jesus Lord of your life, there are certain expectations that we need to adhere to. Okay. I'm not just talking about the Ten Commandments. I'm not just talking about that. Uh, of course, we need to, to adhere to those commandments. We need to follow after God. We need to live after the, the, the example that Jesus sets for us in the Bible. Uh, we need to live after the example that God sets forth throughout the entirety of his word. Okay? We are representatives of God. So how we conduct ourselves, how we act, reflects on God. Okay? So don't let the world influence. This is one of the points we made last week, one of the things we said last week. Don't let the world influence the way you think or the way you speak. Every day put your focus on God and conduct yourself in a way that pleases Him. You're not always going to be perfect. You're going to mess up. Obviously, nobody's perfect. But when you do mess up, it's important to recognize that, repent, and get back on track. Okay? So if you let a cuss word slip from time to time, Repent and get back on track with God, okay? Don't make it a habit, all right? Don't make it a habit. I don't want to split you guys up, so make sure you listen, please. So last week we were in Colossians chapter 3, and I'm going to go back there again, Colossians 3, 8. And tonight, here's what we're going to talk about. Last week we talked about watching your mouth, watching the language that you speak, all right? Don't speak negatively about people. Don't uh, spread rumors about people. Watch the language that you use. You know, you guys know what, like, you know, I'm not even just talking about the seven, seven cuss words, you know, the seven dirty words you can't say on TV, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not even just talking about those. I'm talking about just, you know, dirty jokes, inappropriate storytelling, that kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Just crass talk, inappropriate talk, talk that you know, when you have to look around to see who's listening, you probably shouldn't be saying what you're getting ready to say, right? Because you're, you're kind of feeling guilty. You're like, okay, am I listening? My mom and dad are listening or whatever. Um, you know you probably shouldn't be saying that. So I'm going to remind you, I'm going to read it real quick. Colossians chapter 3, uh, in verse, starting in verse 8. <clears throat> I'm going to reread this real quick just to give you a refresher. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, which is talking uh, bad about other people, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have taken off, stripped off the old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become more like Him. Now I want you to remember that for what we talk about tonight. And become more like Him. 
in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free, listen to this, Christ is all that matters and he lives in all of us. He lives in all of us. And I'll remind you real quick, verse 16 also says, let the message about Christ be in all, uh, Christ in all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom that he gives. It is important that we watch our speech. We are to mold our activity, our, our behavior, after the example of Jesus Christ, after God, the very creator of the universe. So, we know how we, we know we need to watch our language, we know what not to say. Now we're going to be talking about what do we say, what are the things that we are speaking about, okay? Are you speaking life? Are you speaking God's words into your life, into your situations? Are you speaking in faith? Okay, because when it says we are to be like God, we are to be molded after our Heavenly Father, and we are to do what God does, does anybody in here know how the universe was created? What does it say in Genesis? John, or excuse me, Hunter. What did he do to make that light? What did he do for creation to come into being? He spoke. Exactly right. He spoke the universe into existence. He simply spoke a word, and it came to pass. That is faith. Faith speaks, and it happens. I am not a scientific expert by any stretch of the imagination, but from what I've read and am uh, able to comprehend and understand, um, they're saying that the smaller you go and the particles that you, that you can, however they can get down into seeing the very smallest particles, they see that particles are held together by sound waves. Particles that should be coming apart. You know how when you put two of the same poles of magnets together, they, they don't want to go together? They, they repel each other? So if you have a positive magnet and a positive magnet, have you ever done that? Has anybody ever done that? Oh my gosh, it, it's the weirdest thing. You can just feel this force. Yeah, it's just, it, you say it triggers you. You know what I'm saying? It's the smallest particles... There are actually like electrons going around these atoms, and I, like I said, this is all over my head. But there are positive things, and they should be like flying apart, and yet there is a force that is holding all of this together. Did you know the Bible says that the very universe is held together by the Word of God? The Word of God holds the universe together, and He spoke that universe into existence in faith, the God kind of faith. We are created in the image of God. We are created after the likeness of God. Did you know that? That you bear the mark of the Creator? This same God who breathed and spoke the stars into existence. This incredible, mighty God. The one true God. Did you know you bear His resemblance? You bear the mark of God because you are created in His likeness. And the only thing that separates us from God is sin. The only thing that separates us from God is sin. When we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and we begin to put on that new creation, we begin to think the way God thinks, act the way God acts, speak the way God speaks, we too can speak in faith and create. 
Now, I'm not saying you can speak a star into existence. I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about in your sphere of influence, in your world, in your universe, you know you can speak things into existence? Your words have power. Your words have power. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. In verse 3, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. This is a verbal command. God didn't just like create atoms and then fold a planet. Like he spoke these things into existence, okay? This is a verbal command that God gave. And we see, or excuse me, and we now see did not come from anything that we can see. I used to like, I know that God created the heavens and the earth, that he created the universe. I know that. So when I hear a, a scientist say, no, there's no creator, it all happened from a big bang, okay? The more I learned about this big bang, the more I learned about the principles behind it and how they have shown that the universe is expanding, and that's why they think there was a big bang, because it's expanding from some central point or something. When God spoke the universe into existence, he was that central point. And they've actually proven this. They've proven this with various crazy high-powered telescopes that as things, uh, there's something called phase shifting. You know how when, a, you know how when a, a vehicle drives away, like let's say an ambulance or something, and you hear the sirens? As it's coming towards you, the sirens sound one way, and as it's driving away from you, the sirens sound different. Okay? I cannot remember what that, ter what that is termed. There's a scientist that discovered this, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. But there's a difference. That siren didn't change. It's coming towards you, and you're hearing one thing, and as it's driving away from you, you're hearing a lower pitch, a different sound. Light does the same thing. It's called phase shifting, okay? As an object moves farther away, the light has a different hue to it or a different phase or something. There's something about it that they can actually measure. And they, they've seen this in different various stars and, uh, and, and galaxies and different systems. They've seen this phase shifting, so they know that the universe is actually expanding. It's getting bigger, okay? God spoke, and it came to, into being. God spoke and the, the, the stars were there, the planets were there, the, the, all the gravity, and the, everything was there. He spoke it into existence by faith. He formed the universe by his word. He created, we are created in that, and so we can speak that same faith. We have that same faith that we can speak. Now, what are the words that you're using, okay? Are you speaking life into your circumstances, or are you speaking death into your circumstances? If you're nervous about an upcoming test, what are the things that you say? Oh, I'll never pass that. I'll never amount to anything. When you're talking about relationships, friends, people around you, other people at school, man, everybody hates me. I'm worthless. I'm a nobody. I'm nothing. What words are you speaking into your life and into your situation, into your circumstances? Into the relationships around you, your family, your friends? Are you speaking negative, demeaning, tearing down words? Or are you speaking affirming, encouraging, life-giving words? What are you speaking? Because our words have power. Our words have power. Turn to Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. 
Now, coming into this particular verse, Jesus and his disciples pass a fig tree. Jesus goes to this tree and looks to find fruit. There's no fruit on this tree, and so he curses the fig tree. Particularly why, I am not 100% sure. I am almost convinced he did it simply to, for this teaching moment, to teach his disciples something. But he basically said, because this tree, this tree was not producing fruit when it was supposed to be producing fruit, uh, so Jesus basically said, no one will ever pick fruit from you ever again. And a short time later, it was like that same day or the next day, they came back by the same tree and it had withered and died. And Peter was like, whoa, master, the tree that you cursed is dead. And Jesus is like, why are you even, like, why are you even surprised about that? Your words have faith. Why are you doubting? Our words have power. Our words have faith. So then we come into Mark 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 23. I tell you the truth. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it. You must believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. When we speak things in faith according to God's word, when we speak to our circumstances, when we say, I will succeed on that test. I will study hard. I will retain the information that I am working on. The things that I am studying, I will remember, and I will be able to recall those things when I take that test. I will succeed, and I will not fail. Those are the words that we need to be speaking into our situations. If there are people in your life that are speaking bad about you, that are bullying you, that are whatever, what are you saying about that situation? Are you saying, man, nobody ever likes me, I'm worthless, why am I even on this planet, why was I even born? Are those words of life? No. We can create with our words, we can destroy with our words. Our words have power because we are created in the image of God and God's words have power. Do you realize that everything that we can see, taste, touch, smell, hear, everything in the physical realm around us was created with words? Our circumstances in life respond to words. That's why in numerous, numerous times in the New Testament when Jesus talks about speaking in faith, he talks speaking in faith. We're not just thinking these things. We are speaking them out. We are speaking God's promises over our circumstances. We are speaking God's will over our lives. I will be strong. I will not grow weary. I will walk in the health and prosperity of God. I will run and not grow faint. We are speaking these promises into our lives because that is what God wants for us. He gave us those promises for a reason. So when Jesus says, you can say to this mountain, okay, what mountain are you dealing with? What huge circumstance are you dealing with? You can speak to that. Speak creative, life-giving words into your situation. Proverbs 18, verse 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. What are the consequences of the words that you are speaking? 
what words are you speaking into your circumstances? So last week we talked about, you know, speaking properly, not being, not talking dirty, not cursing, not talking, slandering about somebody and spreading rumors and gossip and all this other junk, you know, that we can, that we can easily fall into or get involved with. And oftentimes that comes with what we're filling our minds with. If all you're watching is movies that you would feel ashamed to even show your mom, then that's the stuff that's going to be starting to come out of your mouth, that you're going to be thinking about and speaking about. So tonight when we talk about speaking in faith, speaking God's word, speaking God's promises over our lives, where does that come from? That doesn't just magically appear in your head and you start speaking it out, you have to put it in there. This is where daily study of the Word and getting into God's Word is crucial. We talked about this a few weeks ago, and we'll say it every single Wednesday if we have to. Getting into God's Word on a daily basis is crucial. Absolutely 100% crucial because you cannot speak life if there is no life to be spoken. You cannot speak life if you do not have God's Word in your heart to speak out. You're having trouble in a class at school? What does God's Word say about wisdom? What does God's Word say about knowledge? What does God's Word say about how He wants you to succeed and excel in everything that you put your hand to? Now, some of us are going to be naturally gifted in some subjects, and some subjects are going to be a little bit harder for us to grasp and excel at. But does that mean that you can't? Gracie, what's the subject you have trouble with at school? I mean, I know that you're like straight A, perfect student, but what subject, what subject do you find harder to, to grasp? I'm putting you on the spot here. Biology? All right, that's a good one. Biology. So Gracie, because maybe biology comes a little bit harder to you, does that mean that you can't do well in biology? You may never be some kind of biologist as a career. <laughs> That's, I'm trying to think of a career that would like use biology, whatever. You may not teach biology, you may not use it as a career path, but does that mean that you can't do well in it in school until you're done? No, of course you can. You can excel at whatever you put your hand to. All right? Maybe some of you aren't quite as good at saving your money. Oh, Riley, I'm looking at you. Oh. Maybe some of you aren't as good at saving your money. What is God say? God says he wants us blessed and prosperous, right? Well, in order to be blessed and prosperous, we need to make sure that we handle our money well. And there's confession to be had with that. Thank you, Father God, that I, have, I am highly favored in my job. My boss loves me. I do a great job. I am excited to go in and perform my duties and earn my pay. Father, will you help me to excel in what I do? And Father, when I get that paycheck, Father, will you help me to be responsible with it? I declare in the name of Jesus that I will give my tithes and offerings. I will save my money. I will be responsible and wise with my earnings. We can speak these things into existence in our lives. That may seem small. It may seem mundane, but it is not. I used to have this thing... Uh, Oh, and I didn't do it with you tonight because it was kind of right before service. I didn't really have much of a chance. But I used to be 
I say used to be really bad with names, and I said it to everybody. So somebody, I'd, I'd meet somebody new, I'd, I'd get their name or whatever, we'd talk a little bit, and then I'd see them again sometime down the road. Oh, what's your name? I'm sorry. I am terrible with names. Oh, I never remember names. I, can't, I always would say that until eventually I got a hold of what we're talking about tonight. And this may seem like a small thing, but it is not. Oh, and if I came up to you next week and I remember your name, you're going to say, this is a pretty cool guy. He remembers me, you know. I'm nobody special, but it makes you feel a little bit special. I know that sounds silly, but it does. When somebody you've only met one time remembers your name, it makes you feel special. But if I come up to you and I say, hey, buddy, what's up? And I never remember your name. I never, you know what I'm saying, never use your name. You're going to be like, oh, you know, okay, that's cool, you know. He remembers my face. He remembers that I came to youth group a week or two ago, whatever. But there's something about remembering your name. So I decided I'm going to make a change in the way that I talk. I'm not going to say I am bad with remembering names. I can never remember. I'm not going to say that anymore because I'm not going to speak over that. I'm not going to speak destructively over this particular area. Something that I need to get better at doing is remembering names. So I am awesome at remembering names. I am amazing at remembering names. Owen, when I see you next week, I'm going to remember your name. I'm getting it right, aren't I? I would be terrible if I got it wrong. Oh, okay. Um, I am good at remembering names. Now, I have to work at it. So if you bring a guest to church, there'll be time when I'll say, tell me something special about yourself, something that will help me connect, connect with your name, okay? Now, with Kate and Abby, right, I might get them mixed up because they're twins, and that is okay. You're just going to have to give me some grace in that, okay? But I got the names right, didn't I? No? Whatever. No, you're not even, she's not even paying attention. She's like over here spacing out on me here. Okay? I mix my own cousins up on a very regular basis. Okay? If they don't have their hair combed just right, I am completely lost. It is, it is sad. <laughs> it's very sad. <laughs> what? Yeah, oh, whatever. Stop. Anyway, so what we speak over ourselves matters. What we speak over ourselves matters. Any of your friends that you talk to, anybody that seems down, seems depressed, seems like they're going through something, ask them what they're speaking. Now listen to this. I'm not saying that speaking the right words is some magical cure-all for depression or for major things going on in your life. What I'm saying is it makes a difference. Okay? Because if you have gone way down the wrong way on a road, you're not going to automatically be in the right spot just by turning around. You've got to travel on that same road back the way you came and go down the right road. Does that make sense? So if you spent your entire life speaking negative words over yourself, speaking, speaking destructive words over your relationships, over your uh, schoolwork, or over whatever the case is, it's a process to get back on that right road. You're going to have to condition your mind to speak life, to speak life-giving words onto your situations. It's a process. That's why when we read tonight, put on Christ. I'm going to bring that up again. I think that was in the first one. Sorry, give me one second here. I think that was in Colossians chapter 3. Yes, verse 10. You don't have to put it up, Hunter. Colossians 3.10, put on the new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. And become like him. The Bible says that when we are born again, we are a new creation. Old things have died away. Behold, all things have become new. So when you are born again, 
You don't have to act the same way. You don't have to talk the same way. You don't have to be the same way. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. That does not happen overnight. It's a process, but it's a process we have to start. We have to undergo. We have to put on the new man, put on the new person that Jesus has made us. We don't look different. We don't sound different as far as, you know, our voice goes. You know, our eyes look the same. Our hair is the same color. We're not different on the outside, but the way we act should start to be different. The way we think should start to be different. The way we speak should start to be different. Because when you put on the things of Jesus Christ, it will change your life. If your life has not changed since you became a Christian, or if you cannot tell a discernible difference between your life and the people around you who are not Christians, maybe you were born a Christian. Maybe you came up, you got saved when you were little in, in, in Sunday school, and it's just, that's just all you have ever known. If your life is not different from those around you who are not saved, things need to change. The Spirit of God living on the inside of us, those who are born-again believers, should change you completely. It's a process, but it's one that we have got to do. We have got to undertake in our lives. Change means changing the way we think, changing some of the things that we do. Maybe there's some things that you're going to have to put aside because it's filling your head with junk. Okay? And you know what that is. This is a little bit sobering. I'm going to read this verse, Matthew 12, 36. But I say to you that every, for every idle word that men may speak, they will give an account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. Who does the choice fall upon? You. The choice is yours. Isn't that amazing how God gives us a choice? Isn't that amazing how God gives us the free will to speak life or to speak death? Even though He wants us so badly to speak life, He wants us so badly to choose Him, to follow after Him, to make Him a part of our lives and have a relationship with Him. He wants that so badly but he's never going to force that upon us. He is never going to force you to choose him. Because if he had to force, if he forced you to choose him, are you choosing him? No. That's not your choice. God created us free. He gave us a free will. Even if that free will means that people can choose not to follow him. People can choose to speak angry, nasty, horrid words. Even if that means that people can choose to do horrible things. I love people that say, well, if there's a God, if God is so loving and so good, then why is there so much evil in this world? And if you have a friend that says that, you can say, because people are stupid. Because people are stupid. They are just bad. There's this age-old question, are people born inherently good and make bad choices, or are people born inherently bad and try to make good choices? People are born sinful. They are born inherently bad. You don't have to teach kids to lie. 
they will just do it. They will do wrong things. They will disobey. They will be, they have to be taught and trained, right? When you were a child, you had to be taught and trained, okay? As believers, God wants to teach us and train us up in the way that we should go. God wants to fill our hearts with the wisdom and knowledge of his word. God wants to pour into us everything that he has. But ultimately, it's up to us. We choose the words we speak. We choose the thoughts we think. We choose the actions that we take. It's a progressive process. If you fill your mind with junk, you will think about junk, you will begin to speak junk, and you will act that out. If you fill your mind with what is good and what is right and what is pure, what does God tell us? That if we fill our mind and we focus on, dwell on those things, we fill our mind with the word of God, we will speak life and we will act that out. We'll change the way we behave. Words change circumstances. There is power in our words. Even James says that there are power there is death and life in the tongue. The tongue is like a, a small rudder on a ship. This huge ship is turned one way or another by a small rudder on the back of it. That when you take that small rudder and compare it to the size of the ship, it's minuscule, it's next to nothing, and yet it changes the course of that entire huge ship. James says, how great a forest fire is set by a small flame by a small flame. We went, I'm going to close with this real quick. We went to uh, Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I don't know if you guys remember or not, but a few years, three or four years ago, they had a massive, massive forest fire. Huge forest fire. Have you guys ever been out to the Appalachian Mountains, anywhere around there? Tennessee, northern Kentucky, anything like that? Have you, raise your hand if you've been out there. So you've seen these woods, right? I mean, it's just for miles and miles and miles and miles, just forested hills and mountains and woods. I mean, not Rocky Mountains, it's the Smoky Mountains. They're, they're a, so it's, small, it's a smaller mountain range, but they're still very impressive. It's so amazing to drive through this. But, I mean, just miles and miles of trees, okay? So in the Gatlinburg area, in this area, Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, uh, uh, there's a few towns right there that are kind of touristy spots. Anyway, they had this huge forest fire, okay? Like, I'm talking hundreds of homes gone, thousands and thousands of acres of woods gone, and we were, uh, we were, at our, we were uh, there at the hotel, and the manager of the hotel, one of the guys that was working there, we were talking to him about this, because he's, he's been born and raised there, like he's been around there forever. He, his grandma lost her house during this forest fire. It was incredible. We went up in the ski, the ski thing, the, um, oh, it's this huge ski lift. It goes up to the top of the mountain, Ober Gatlinburg, if you've ever been out there. And the, the person that was kind of like the conductor, or whatever you call it, this huge ski lift, um, they were talking about all this stuff, and you could just see it. I mean, there was so much. They were still rebuilding homes. There was so much acreage of wood still just completely bare. I mean, it was insane. This fire rushed from top of hill, and the wind would blow it from one mountaintop to the next, and it would just, I mean, this fire just rushed and blazed through everything. They almost didn't save the town of Gatlinburg, this little mountain town. Uh, absolutely incredible. Do you know what started that fire? Kids flicking matches. I'm not talking about somebody with a flamethrower, blasting trees, kids flicking matches into the trees, flicking a match. One match started a blaze that took lives. 
You may tell stories for fun. You may speak bad about people for fun. You may tell dirty jokes for fun. But you are flicking matches. And eventually, something is going to catch fire. James says, how huge a forest fire is started by a simple flame, a small, tiny little flame. Our tongues can start fires. Our tongue can destroy. Our tongue can take life. Or our tongue can speak life. Our words are so more, much more powerful than you know. And when we combine our words with faith in God's promises, faith in the goodness of God, faith in the plan of God for our lives, watch out. The doors of heaven will open up for you like you, have, you could not even imagine and fathom. Because when we hook faith with the word of God and the words that we speak, there is literally nothing that can stop us. Nothing that can stop us at all. Stand up with me. When we speak words of faith, when we speak life into our situations, whether it's school, family, relationships, friendship, whatever the case is, when we speak life into these things, these situations and circumstances have to respond. And I didn't say much of this tonight either, but you know that includes sickness. What does God say about sickness and disease? God says that he has already healed us by the stripes of Jesus. Did you know that you can speak to an infirmity, a sickness or disease that's in your body or in the body of a family member, that you can speak to that and cast it out, that you can speak life into those circumstances and situations because God has promised it. And for us, for believers, for children of God, that is an amazing thing to think about. So know this. From this point forward, know and understand that your words have power. Power to destroy, power to give life, power to set circumstances right in your life, or power to tear things down. So when God gives you a choice, says you can speak life or you can speak death, you can speak creation or you can speak destruction, choose rightly. Choose your words carefully. So for anybody here tonight that has never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, if you're in this room tonight and you've never prayed that prayer, it's a very simple prayer. It's incredible how simple God makes this. We are born sinners. We are born separated from God because of sin. Because Adam and Eve made a wrong choice. But God, in his wisdom and in his love, sent Jesus to pay the price for our sin, to take the punishment, to pay the ransom, to win us back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father, that creator of the universe that we talked about at the beginning of the service tonight, who spoke the universe into existence. He desires to have a relationship with us. But that cannot happen when sin is in the picture. Somebody had to pay the price for that. If you paid the price for your own sin, that would require your life. Your life would be forfeit if you paid the price for your own sin, for your own wrongdoing. But instead, God sent the ransom for you. God paid the price with the blood of his son. 
And because that price was paid on your behalf, you can claim everything that belongs to Jesus. Jesus said, everything the Father has, he gave to me. And as I've been given, I give to you. Life, joy, prosperity, health, wisdom. God desires to have a relationship with you. And if you have never prayed that prayer before, if you do not have a relationship, Jesus Christ, do not leave tonight without having one. As we worship together, I want you to come up and I will lead you in that short prayer. Receiving Jesus as the Lord of your life and accepting that free gift of salvation. And you can leave here tonight a new creation. A new creation. So that's you. I want you to step up here tonight. Or if there's something else, if you want to rededicate your life, if you want to, if you want me to pray over you because you've been speaking, if you've been speaking negative, destructive words over your circumstances and you say, Matt, will you pray with me to, to get that corrected? That's fine too. But first and foremost, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I don't want you to leave tonight without having one. So let's worship together.